Hey, welcome back to the Moonlighters Club. I'm your host, Joel Edwards, and we have another awesome guest uh, for you today. For those who have been following along since the beginning, welcome back. For those who are coming for the very first time, the Moonlighters Club is a club for entrepreneurs who work full-time jobs. We're trying to highlight the lives of individuals who grind from nine to nine, waking up, going to work, leaving work to going to do more work. Uh, so today we have the pleasure of interviewing one, Mr. Michael McPherson. Thanks, Hello, Mike. world. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your very hectic, very busy schedule to do this. So yeah. thank you. No doubt. No problem. I so, just came from a fish fry, so hopefully I don't stink. No, no, no. That wouldn't stink at all. That was not really good, actually, if you were coming from a fish fry. Are you talking catfish? Or? Yeah, whiting, man. Like old country boy stuff. That's very, very, very country boy. So, uh, Mike, where you, let's get some background. Where are you from? Well, parents from? Um, from the mean streets of Boston, born and raised. Um, Dorchester is where I spent most of my days. I went to college <laughs> at, uh, in, in Miami at the University of Johnson Wales. Uh, yeah, it's typically a culinary school, but down south it's more known for its marketing and hospitality. So I went down there, got a four-year degree, and that's the only time I really lived outside of Boston. Um, best four five years of my life I lived out there. actually finished school in three years and stayed out for two more. Really? Just to, to live like uh, Will Smith in the Big Willie video. Yeah. And uh, that's actually what everyday life looks like. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah, so I came back home so I didn't you know, have 18 kids and lose my mind. And um, yeah, and so I've just been grinding ever since, and that's really where I became, I really kind of became who I am today, I think, as a man. All right, that's, what, that's what's up, man. That's good to hear. Well let's, well, let's talk about manhood. Let's get right into it. What do you, uh, what do you do, what industry are you in, and what do you, what's your position in that industry? Um, currently, my, my nine-to-five-ish job is at Boston University, where I do finance and accounting. And then outside of that, uh, I run a, a business called, it started as called Church Boy Clothing. It was a Christian clothing line, um, urban attire for urban males. And it kind of expanded more into like entertainment and, and concerts and events and stuff like that. So we host events, parties, concerts, um, as well as do the, the urban apparel, uh, which I haven't done as much of lately. But we do that. I do um, terrestrial marketing for entertainers in the industry who are outside of the Boston area, help them get events inside of Boston, get recognition, build up their brand and awareness and everything. And um, artists in Boston, I manage about 10 to 15 artists in Boston who make music and uh, content. I help them with their marketing, their branding, and um, getting exposure outside of the city. Did you practice that before you got here? That was no. just, that was. <laughs> I can literally, you know, entrepreneurial life, I can literally spit this garbage out at the top of my head and I can talk about anything at any time. All right, so let's go into what you do Nine to five. Did you did you go to school for that? No, I went to school for marketing. Nobody ends up doing what they went to school for. But I mean, I went to school for marketing. Um, my degrees in marketing, so that's what I do outside of the office, I believe. Uh, but my nine to five job is I said in finance and accounting. I'd actually never done accounting before. I applied to work at BU, um, and I didn't get the job that I applied for. I went and worked for a startup company for like two years, a telecom company, and then two years later, BU calls me back. And they're like, hey, do you want this position in accounting? I was like, as long as you saw my resume and know that I have no accounting experience, yes, I do want this job. And so I've been doing that for the past eight years, faking it every single day. So when they said, we'll keep your resume on file, they actually They actually <laughs> keep your resume on file, kids. Don't, don't get discouraged. <laughs> so what's the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the day-by-day like? Because when I think of accounting, I think of just dreadful monotony. Yeah. Numbers like I like numbers only when it comes to sports, yeah. like fantasy football. Those are the only numbers I want to know. Like, what is your data? How do you do that for eight hours? Uh, well, you're actually 
exactly right in your description. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I basically just do billing. I really do billing all day. I'm like the accounts receivable, miscellaneous receivables for my department. So I collect funds from all the other different departments. I snatch up their money and, and bring it in. And at one at the end of every year, every fiscal year, which is the end of June for this school, we uh, balance all the books and budgets and stuff like that. And I kind of balance on a regular basis. But it's like it's a it's a college. So calling myself an accountant would be, you know, would be gassing myself up. I definitely am just like barely accounting, barely doing finance. Like I said, I took one accounting class in college and I've been able to pull this off. So it's not like heavy duty CPA stuff. I'm not certified. I don't go to I don't I don't have to take a test or the the series 10 or whatever they do. Yeah. I don't know none of that stuff. I'd fail that. So what yeah. I do now at, at BU is just like glorified accounting. My nine, I mean, basically every day I come in, I, I check my email, I resolve problems, people's questions, their complaints. They they are mad that I took their money. They want to know if they can get it back. The answer is always no. And then um, yeah. I figure I you know I explain to them why it was taken, what they what the, what it is they did, and why they did it. And um, I mean, I do that pretty much half the day, and then the rest of the day I spend like really trying to finagle other stuff in with any free time that I have it during the day. I'm glad to hear that. That's that, that's yeah. that's definitely the direction that we're gonna go. Um, let's even with. Without finagling the other stuff you have to do, how is it stressful? Is it a stressful environment in general? Is it just it is what it is? Yeah. Does it get? Are there some days where you're like, why? Like, why am I here? I have two months a year at the at the end of my fiscal year, and it's really like any accounting. So in accounting, in you know, close to March, April, that's when they're like they get most of their business. I think actual accountants, a lot of them, if they're doing tax accounting, they make all their money in basically like four, three or four months out of the year. Okay. And it's, you know, it peaks right. up real high and then it shoots down. And a lot of them don't even do anything after, you know, May, June, July. I used to work for an actual a CPA where I, I, I helped out with that. And they don't even do anything during those months after that. And so my job is kind of like that where it peaks real high in June. It gets hectic. It gets crazy. And my, I'm stressed out. And then uh, after that, it's kind of like clear sailing. I'm, I spend a lot of my time watching Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so have you always been in some after school corporate environment you've always worked you ever take breaks pretty pretty much corporate yeah. i mean well i mean when i was in miami i did a lot of sales jobs so i did like i did door-to-door sales yes. i did telecom like just straight cold calling i've done um you know those dudes that stop you in the middle of the street and try to get your credit card the for ones, anything yes, yes. yes i've been that guy and did I you have one of those vests on yeah right? you gotta wear the vest it was mercy corps it was a it was a non-profit organization that saves kids in like africa after hurricanes and so I did that for for months in Miami. I did it for almost a year. I made my my living off of just straight like cold call and physical like grinded out sales, and I was a beast. You know, it's funny. I, a lot of people don't know this because I'm like to talk about it. I did door to door sales for no apparent reason when I was 19. I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not gonna go to school because it was one of those pyramid schemes, and yeah. I fully fell into it. Yeah. I was selling like ten dollar drills. Like nine eleven books, like oh, yeah. I'm that dude. I was going business to business and went, I was killing it. Like because I, <laughs> I was too stupid to know Yo. what I was doing was just the most ridiculous thing ever. If you can do that, you can do anything. Yeah. Like I really feel like that helped formulate like like the smooth talkingness of life you can get from doing that door to door sales stuff. You can sell somebody something on the spot. It's not because the product is good. It's because you're good and you're a good product yeah. and you're able really to sell yourself. And when I was doing it in Miami, I mean, you're, you know, you're, 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 uh, physically, your physical appearance is pretty similar to mine. So I'm a six, three light skinned black dude. At the time I had braids, you know what I mean? They were pretty lengthy. So I'm going, I'm knocking on dudes doors sometimes at eight o'clock at night. I'm knocking on your door. Like, Hey, uh, could you come to the door and buy some of these Red Sox tickets? And like these little old ladies and stuff open the door and they're like, Oh, get out of here. <laughs> so in order for me to even get somebody to open the door all the way, you got to have game. And so that's just entrepreneurial. I mean, that's entrepreneurism in like in a capsule. 
everything that you're, every startup that you start, everything that you flip is really like, are you able to sell yourself? Because you can have a great invention and people, and you not have the ability to sell yourself and people aren't going to buy it. Right. But then again, you could sell pet rocks. Yeah. And sell a, make a fortune or hula hoops or some stupid silly putty. And a you hula can make, hoop is literally a, a, it's a big circle. Yeah, it's a it's circle. It's literally a They're giant. They're like, yo, do you want this giant circle? <laughs> and then one day somebody danced in it by accident. And they were like, you know what? I'm going to run with that. Because that's probably not even what they made it for. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> <me>. no, <but. laughs> you know, that's interesting that you, that, that you say that. Have you always, have you ever felt, it seems like you've always had some kind of entrepreneurial sense about you. Now when you're working... Have you always had it somewhere in there? Was there ever a point where you saw like corporate, like corporate America? All right, okay, I do this and move up. Was that ever yeah, a plan for you? You think definitely. I mean, we went to a, a a high school that created clones. You know, what I mean, we went to a college preparatory high school, and so the point of a college prep high school is to prepare you for college. Right. It's not to prepare you to be a free thinker. No, it's not to prepare you to be an entrepreneur or be an electrician, anything no, like that, no, no, or creative. No, right. no right. it's not for that. It's it's to prepare you so that you can fit into the college mold, be a perfect college student. And any good college is preparing you to come out and go right into corporate America and fit right into another mold. So we were trained at Latin Academy to be a specific thing, and so I was never a free thinker. In high school, I mean, we barely, I barely made it out. Right. I can't remember if you barely made it I out. Barely, you barely, I, I didn't barely, want to assume. Made it out. I didn't want to assume. <laughs> but us creative types, we don't typically fit in those molds. So I barely made it out of that, you know what I mean, just like you. And so what we were preparing ourselves for was for corporate America. Like, they were training us for that, to be that. They weren't creating, training us to do anything else. And so it was, like I said, until I went to, to college and I was off on my own and I had to figure out life for what it was. And, and uh, you know, moms wasn't there and dad wasn't there and I was eating top ramen every night. That I started to learn how to think for myself, and then I couldn't yeah. get a good, I couldn't get a corporate job, so I was doing the door to door sales, and that's when I had to learn how to, you know, sell myself. Like I said, and that's when everything else started to pan out. So when I came back, I was a little bit more of a free thinker, and um, I ended up getting my first corporate job when I came back to Boston, and I did that for a year, and then I ended up at, at BU. Okay, at what point were you like, this is what I want to do, and I'm going to actually do it? And that's crazy. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even 100 percent sure because I, I started Church Boy Clothing because a lot of my friends um, were dope designers and they had that ability to to create cool content and graphics and stuff like that. And I'm not, I couldn't, yeah. I wasn't able to do any of that stuff. So I basically took all their talents and I started selling their talent. And okay. so yeah. <laughs> that's that, and that that was the whole battle for me, like taking other people's talent and then flipping it. So it's like. You know, I, I had my connect, and they, they gave me the product, and I, I cut the product up, and I flipped it, and I sold it for them. And so, sorry, that's a drug reference, but I'm talking about business. So, or okay. houses. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, you know what I mean? Property, anything like that. But that, that's when I realized that, like, look, I think I could sell this, and it was really just fun, and it's fun to work with your friends. So it was just fun to do that, and that's how it started. I just saw that they had that talent. I was like, look, we're all in one mind. Let's just flip all this stuff. And eventually, they all actually fell off, and none of them would even work with me today, and I kind of do my own thing. Interestingly enough, that's crazy, and uh, I definitely want to get, actually get into that. Uh, but let's start with why Church Boy Clothing, because not just like clothing in general, but I think it's interesting for a young someone in their in their twenties to create not just a clothing line, but something that is Christian oriented. Because I mean, we grew up in neighborhoods, we grew up, grew up in a black neighborhood. Church is strong, and then just yeah. falls off for some reason when we all turn like thirteen to yeah. fifteen, <laughs> and then especially as the times have changed. Church isn't, you, yeah. we see what kids wear now and how people act now. It's yeah. not what it used to be. So what was your motivation specifically for that style of clothing? Growing up in church all my life, um, I was just inspired. I mean, I have a Christian mindset. And I think at the end of the day, like, one of my biggest driving forces in life is is 
you know, expressing the reality of God and, um, you know, his existence and, you know, whatever. And, and at the same time, the, the dude in me that grew up in the hood that grew up where we grew up, um, I'm inspired to paint a different picture of what a Christian looks like also. So that's like a big motivator for me. So everything I kind of do in that sense is really countercultural. So um, I love the idea of doing um, urban Christian clothing because it does because it didn't really exist when I first started. Actually, a lot more prominent now, but it didn't exist a lot when I started. And the people that I want to impact are people who look like me. You know, what I mean, right. you, you always want to impact people that that are in the same situation as you. Like breast cancer survivors want to you know change you know the breast cancer. They want to they want to eradicate that. I grew up a young dude in the hood, so I'm on that, you know, I'm on that, I've been on that Black Lives Matter type mentality, you know, for a very long time. So I've just been trying to figure out, like, how can I impact positively my community? And one of the ways was appearance and, and, you know, really trying to um, change the whole perception, like I said, of what a Christian looks like. And so I want, I want to, even when I go to my own church, I don't want to look like everybody else. I don't want to walk in and fit in any stereotype. I want to walk in dressed completely different, like a whole different hip hop swagger. To, to my whole my whole my whole wardrobe even as far as what I wear to church so I don't wear suits and stuff to church anymore even though that's what the culture is there um, I'd rather wear one of these shirts one of my shirts one of my friends company's clothing or I want to wear you know what I mean I want to wear like a different more hipster like you know semi casual type clothing attire but at the end of the day man I just wanted I wanted to make something that would appeal to people that look like me who church doesn't appeal to because like you said once you hit 13 14 church isn't appealing anymore and it's because you know, it's old half the time. My church, the the demographic, the the psychographic is like eighty five year old old ladies. Mm-hmm. Who does that appeal to? Yeah. Besides eighty five year old men <laughs> who, who are looking for some of that. And even I'm not looking, looking for a thirty year old. Yeah, yeah, that's it. what I'm saying. So you, it's just like any good business. You gotta, you have to promote. You have to promote towards the the demographic that you're looking for. And the church does a terrible job of promoting towards certain demographics. And so my church wasn't one of those churches that did a good job. And so. A lot of the stuff that I do is to appeal towards that demographic. So even with the hip hop music, um, doing promoting Christian rap and promoting Christian clothing and Christian and urban Christian lifestyles is so that it'll appeal to people who like I want to reach and that look like me. When you initially came up with the idea for church play clothing, did you? I'm sure there were a ton of people who loved it. Did you see a lot of pushback? Because you know your demographic is, yeah. but did you see pushback from? Actually, two different people from people who weren't like that heavy into church, that that religious, mm-hmm. and then from people in the church who want it to be, who want things run a specific way. Yeah, was did one outweigh the other? Was there both, or was there none? Did you just kind of mm-hmm. say, "I got this," and people are like, "Run with it." Yeah, you. I mean, you. Anything that you do that's of any consequence is gonna have you know kickback. I think. I think if you did, if you do anything and just everybody loves it, it's kind of weird to me. I don't. There's not yeah. too much stuff, especially when I'm talking about. Anything that's like religion related, if I do something that's a Christian clothing line, there's no way that the mass audience is going to it's going to appeal to a mass audience. Like a lot of people are going to be like, that's weird. I don't like it. And they'll usually say that for no reason half the time. You know, what I mean, just like just because. Yeah, just because they're like, oh, God, that's dumb. You shouldn't talk about God while they're then they'll go and they'll talk about, you know, some other ridiculous crap that they believe in that I don't want to hear about. But I got to pretend like it's like okay. Drake. Yeah, like, yeah, you want to talk about Drake. I, I don't care about Drake. And I think he's an idiot for the one to battle M. You can tell him I said it. Anybody out there who knows him, don't do that to yourself. That's not a wise business decision. And so, yeah, I got kicked back from them. And, and it's funny, the people in my church, they loved it. They ate it up. Okay. I mean, they okay. weren't even my core demographic, but they still, you know, your secondary market it can be what sustains you a lot of time. And my secondary market was just church members in general. And the little old ladies at church buy everything. So yeah, any, they, they buy everything. So anytime I printed anything, if it came out whack, they would still buy it. If it came out weak, like some defects on it, they're like, oh, it's okay, baby. Let me get three of them. Yeah. And so yeah. they would buy them all up anyway. 
but it's totally different when it comes when you're talking about like fully embracing a culture. Because like I I do concerts and stuff. Like you've seen some of my shows. Yeah. Sometimes we do Christian concerts and they're like we do them at clubs, things like that. And so they get crazy. And so when I do stuff like that at my church, it's a little bit weird. They're like, well, this doesn't really seem like you know what you should be doing at church. And in my mind, I'm like, well, I think that what you guys are doing shouldn't be done at church. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah. you know what I mean? So I, it, it's like I said, it's really just trying to be the antithesis of what you know a lot of people have said things are supposed to look like or what they can look like. I want to be very countercultural in everything that I do. You know what I mean? I got a Naruto headband in my pocket with the with the Leaf Village yeah. logo on it crossed out because that means I'm not I'm not from this village. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm I'm a rogue ninja. Like I'm on my own tip. I'm doing my own thing completely, and um, that's just how I want to live my life in a lot of different ways. And that's kind of what Christianity is. Christianity is is countercultural. It's like you know a, a culture that says um, you know you're supposed to forgive everybody for everything, and, and nobody forgives anybody for anything anymore. No. You're supposed to love everybody. Love isn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> hate is cool. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. smacking people is cool. And yeah. so I'm a I'm in a countercultural, you know, lifestyle and mentality across the board. Nice. So walk is can you summarize the process from idea to shirt? Because I had an idea for mobile app. It took me years. Like right now we're at a stage where I just got into the app store because I I came into the game with no no knowledge whatsoever. Yeah. So like I had to learn what storyboarding was, what coding was, what an app actually was, different <laughs> app stores. And What's while an I'm doing this, you're going through the process of all of these, uh, all all this technology is changing. You know, Apple changed, Google changed, yeah. all these things come into factor. So when I think of fashion, I think someone has an idea and they somehow get like like clothes and then put stuff on. I don't even know yeah. where to start. How long a process was that from the idea, you having an idea, we're going to do this clothing, to actually having product? Yeah. Um, that was, like, actually a really easy, pretty quick turnaround the first time. I mean, I think for your market, there's uh, barriers to entry that are way more complex than most markets that you would enter into, um, besides maybe, like, retail brick and mortar or right. something like that. Like, that's yeah. probably the only thing that's as hard as what you're trying to do as far as app stores and technology. But clothing, on the other hand, is probably the easiest, which is why everybody has a clothing line. And you can wake up one morning and, and have a clothing line. You can have a clothing line in two days, you know, by throwing up a, a corny website and getting some stuff printed and selling it. That's a clothing line. And so the first time that we did it, we just found a, found a, a vendor that that, um, that did screen printing and stuff like that. And so screen printing is, is the most... Uh, stereotypical way to do it in the most natural way you just get some stuff you get it you get a, a picture drawn and then they burn it onto a shirt and you can get as many done as you want i mean those typically run you like 10 to 12 dollars a piece or something like that you get 100 done you get them 100 done at 10 dollars a piece they're a thousand dollars you go back you sell them for 25 2500 dollars yeah. you know and then you're yeah. your 1500 profit you, you flip those so it's, it's really one of the easiest um entries into market but like i said the, the, it's really because the markup is so low initially that a lot of people don't make money from it because you're selling those shirts one by one and you're getting five dollars, ten dollars a pop or whatever for each one. Uh, you spend that at the corner store before exactly. you even get back to yeah, yeah, <laughs> before yeah. you even get back to putting that money into your account. So you've already wasted it. So you you really yours is probably like a higher return on investment, mine's is a lower return on investment. But it's really easy to get to market. You get a concept, you can send it to almost any printer, just have it. You can you can go into some places with something you draw in your hand, um, and just draw on a piece of paper and they can figure out how to get on get it onto a computer now because it's so easy. The only thing that's probably easier than than making T-shirts is making music. Anybody can record now and throw it. Which is a shame. That's why we yeah. have so much bad music. Now. You <laughs> yeah. literally just need to do what I'm doing. Exactly. Just do it to like a rhythm and a beat. This could be sold this right is. now for $1.99 on iTunes. <laughs> so, how did you go from the clothing to everything that you're doing now? Was it always was, was that the plan, 
or did it kind of just come out of nowhere? Definitely was never the plan. Um, I definitely had a, a mentality where I was like, look, we can we can turn this into something big. We can do some big stuff. Um, I, I wanted, I had an idea and a vision of like making this whole um, conglomerate, like entertainment um, whole brand. And I think, you know, when you start off anything, you're like, yo, this is about to be the next big thing. Yep. This is going to be amazing. It's going to take over. We're going to make it into a monster. It's, it's yeah. not just a, <laughs> this is not a lifestyle. That's everybody's thing. It's not a lifestyle. This is how we live or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And so I had that same random grandiose statement that didn't mean anything. And then eventually um, what what led me to what I was doing is I was doing clothes and I was selling them at shows. Um, and so for us, the main way of getting our, our, our product in front of clientele was at Christian hip hop events. And as you can imagine, there's not exactly a ton of Christian hip hop events. If you've ever even heard of and heard of one, I'd be impressed. If you went to one that wasn't done by me, I'd be real impressed. And so we realized that there was a need for what actually perpetuated our inventory. So like we, you know, it's basically like you know, you you're an ice cream. You want to sell ice cream for a living, right. and you realize that there's no milk providers, and you're forced into the milk game. Because you need milk to get your ice cream. So I was kind of forced into that situation where I had to start creating events in order to sell my merch. And then as I started creating events, I realized the need for those events was bigger and bigger. And artists from all over the country are looking for opportunities to come in and find those events also. And so I realized that the events were almost a higher turnaround on investment than the clothes were. And then so I just started focusing on events and concerts. And I've been pushing the concerts for the past like uh, three or four years now. And I started the clothing line seven years ago. And so halfway through, I had a daughter, my disposable income kind of flattened out and I started doing the events and it just brought a better return. And so I just ended up doing it. How hard was that first event to plan that? I started, I'm, 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 a, I'm not a, you know, a conceited person. So I didn't go out and just try to start my own random events and, and just do, you know, stuff on a whim and just fail. Like I'm not into failure. I'm not really a big fan. No, of that. no, no. <laughs> so I went out and I found somebody else who was doing events and, and asked them, um, how they were doing it, and they gave me the information, and then I actually started working with them. So they were doing events on a like a bi monthly basis or something like that, and they would have like 10, 15 guys show up at their events. And I started working with them, and I started seeing what he was doing wrong, and then we started doubling his numbers. And so we got his event to grow eventually all up to like you know 100 plus people. And we were like, yo, we're killing this right now. And what happened is we ended up splitting with that guy because of what you know reasons beyond our control. And that's when I was like, look, I mean, I've seen enough. I, can, I know how to do this now. And so I, then I just started doing my own events, and they started popping. And actually, the other guy doesn't really even do his events anymore, unfortunately. And I think that's, that's the, that's, you just pointed out a key difference between people like, I guess, people like us or like I, and people who don't want to do this. I mean, nine out of the ten people that I work with, that I have worked with in the past, I work with now, they see something shitty at work. It's just going to be shitty. They're just yeah. going to complain about it. They He's okay. so stupid. He's an idiot. <laughs> The people who go on to making bigger and better things go, yeah. this dude's an idiot. I'm going to watch this dude be an idiot, yeah. and I'm just going to take his framework and make exactly. this better. And not, and that, that's why I learned about the whole competition thing yeah. and being scared of telling people your ideas and being afraid of competition. It's like everyone already has this idea. Yes. The majority of these people are just not that good, yeah. and they're, they're going they're not, to screw up. They're not driven. Your best bet is to keep working and yeah. watch the screw-ups because they're <laughs> happening all around you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're all – your job is to then take this information yep. and then to do this yourself. Like, that's, yeah. that's – and that's exactly what you did. Yeah. I mean, if you take 10 people and you give t all 10 of those people the same exact idea, there's still only going to be one and a half people who comes out and actually can, can make the idea happen because six of them are idiots. <laughs> 
three, and, and most of those idiots are probably lazy, so they're lazy idiots. And then there's like the, there's the other four. One of those dudes is a hustler. The other three is is just straight lazy or just can't seem to figure it out. One of those guys is going to try also, and he's just going to give up halfway through. And then there's going to be that one guy who comes out, you know, refined as fire and just able to figure it out. I mean, we're all surrounded by you know people who have crazy ideas on a regular basis. Dudes that and even dudes that we think are smart. Yeah. And you see plenty of idiot go and start a start a business and completely fail because they're just not you know starting a business is complex. You have to have a completely like you have to have a sky high view of everything. You can't just be really good at something and and try to sell it. You have to be really good at it. Understand what's profitable. You have to understand what's what margins are. How you yeah. how you keep it afloat. All that stuff is so complex that like once you realize how complicated it is. Most people are just like, oh, screw this crap. I would rather just go get paid. All right. I think it's interesting that you say that because especially growing up in a city like Boston where people put so much weight on where you go to school yeah. and where, you, where you're from, where you live. And it's like these degrees don't mean anything, man. Nothing. Like they, you, you'll, they'll teach you the, what the terms mean when they come up, when they come about. But they don't teach you anything about actually being broke, no. like actually not knowing where the next dollar is going to come from, how to really manage somebody, how to deal with a really angry customer, how to negotiate. You're running, mm-hmm. you're running events. So the majority of your work is stuff you have to learn through life. Like yeah. someone goes, you know, I don't want to do this. Yep. Now what? Like it's it's really interesting to see all of that unfold because that's this is real world stuff. And, yeah. and I think that's when someone actually looks at it and goes, you know what? This is not like the movies. I don't really yeah. want to be a part of this. I'm kind of out. <laughs> yeah. Pro, and promotions is like the worst. Like being a promoter is, is one of the crappiest jobs you could possibly have. Because like if everything goes well – the artist gets all the credit. They're yeah. like, "Yo, this artist was yeah. dope. He got he turned the he turned the club out, man. Everybody showed up for him." If nobody shows up, they're like, "Ah, oh, the promoter's whack." You know what I mean? Ah, oh, the yeah. promoter didn't put together a yeah. good event. That's you know, you get no glory, you get all the blame. It's definitely one of those jobs, and most people do it one time. They put up a ton of money yeah. to bring out Jadakiss and don't make no money back, and they lose their shirt, and then that'll be the last time they ever do an event. And it annoys me because. There were so many times I've been to a show where the artists won't come out because they're not happy with what happened. Yeah. I'm like, you're the one. We're com- you're the product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not like I understand <laughs> your your mind frame exactly. But if Michael Jackson said, "Yo, I'm gonna be performing on this raft in the middle of the ocean," yeah. we're gonna get boats. Like yeah. <laughs> we're like you know yeah. like we're going to find a way to go to go out and see that dude. And I also think because of social media and because people know what, what tools you've got to use everyone's getting so much lazier like yeah. the artist is just gonna like only the hungry ones are really gonna yeah. try to get the world out the rest are just like yo y'all better be there I can yeah. and then most of them don't do good shows anyway no, no. 9 out of 10 artists you go see their show's gonna be whack they're gonna be high they're gonna be blunted and um, especially if they're rappers rappers are the worst performers it's um, half of them don't know how to hold the microphone no they don't they hold it wrong they get, you get crazy feedback they're, they're definitely always high like they're forgetting their lyrics it's awful so, with that said, with all these things going on, describe a typical day of work when you do have stuff to do. Uh, say you had that, you, you have stuff to do for your clothing line, you have stuff to do for your event company. How do you split all that up with a normal work day? Man, it's, I, you know, I, honestly, a lot of times I don't even know how I fit it all in. <laughs> because I have a wife and kids, too. And so that's like the most time-consuming thing out of all of them is, is trying to manage the family. And um, how much attention, like, 
you know, how much attention a woman needs and how much attention my child is a girl too. So she needs just yeah. as much attention as yeah, my wife you does. Save her, man. That's yeah. the, yo, you got a daughter. That's yeah. 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 So she like, as soon as I walk in the house, like she stands next to me and she's just like, daddy, 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 daddy. And like, if I don't pay attention to say yes, like, and watch what she's doing, she will literally follow me around the whole house going, daddy, 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 because she wants attention. Right. And like, she wants to know exactly. She's like, she wants me to know whatever it is that she wants to know. Sometimes I'll be like, yes, dear. What, what is it? And she'll be like, uh, nothing, cartoons, and you know what yeah, I mean. You yeah. Just start dancing awesome. or whatever, yeah. or walk away. But I mean, really, as far as balancing, it's really taking every single free moment, and this is how you know you really want it when you take all your free moments and you dedicate all those free moments until you know maximizing them and getting something done effectively. So it's like some days I come in and I don't really feel like working on clothes, so I'll work on entertainment. And some days I don't feel like working on entertainment, and so I'll work on my website. Like I do my own web development and my own web design, so I'll work on my website some days and, and focus on that. I also um, I didn't know that. I could have been asking you for free help. You could have. It would have been, it would have been free. <laughs> Guys, all you entrepreneurs out there, don't give anything away for free. Don't shortchange yourself. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, sometimes I'll go in and I'll, I'll work on the website. Or um, I'm now I'm even a, I'm a contributor for one of the largest Christian hip-hop um, content sites in the world. It's actually one of the top five hip-hop sites in general in the world. And um, I'm a contributor for that website. So sometimes I'll go in and I'll just contribute on the website. I mean, it's just every day using every moment that you have in order to just propel yourself in the, in the right direction. Try not to use those dead moments. I mean, and somehow at the same time, I'm, I'm playing Pokemon Go. I, tell you, I think that's yeah. the most, that might be, you know, forget the kids part. That might be the most impressive part. Yeah. Because I'm a beast in yeah, Pokemon it's Go. A, that's, that's a real job. Like, yeah. it's not even the game. Like, so for me not. to be able to balance that and still be relevant in Pokemon Go, I think it's probably the most impressive thing that I do. I and something I, I definitely want to ask you. Uh, I've been in a relationship for the past year, and whenever I can't get something done, I blame it on, on my relationship because yeah. I, for no apparent reason. <laughs> but in reality, uh, having a dedicated support system, there's really nothing like it. Like, yeah. What is it like being an entrepreneur and having a family? Like, Did the motivation change? I mean, you're already a pretty driven dude. Yeah, no. But having a wife and a daughter, did it change? Did you see yourself change? Did you see the... the the effort change or no, anything like that? I can honestly say, like, my, my family is not what drives me. You know what I mean? And that's very, again, that's that's contra, that's like that's a very contra, countercultural statement. Uh, most people are like, yo, man, I got to grind. I got to see, kid. Like, they're on that sort of tip. Yeah. And there's only two types of motivation. And somebody said this recently. I didn't create, I didn't come up with this. But they said there's internal motivation that you just, that you have for yourself. And then there's motivation from outside factors that'll drive you to, to do what it is you do. My motivation is completely internal. You know what I mean? My wife and my kids don't don't inspire me to work hard. I work hard in spite of whatever it is that's going on around me. I work hard because I want to change the world. I work hard because like I feel like I'm too gifted to not work hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't sit around and do nothing. Like I I could like if if I was all set like and, you know money and again money's not what drives me. I'm not driven by money. Finance, I could care less about money about finance. Um, I don't. That's why even, you're a good accountant. Yeah, I give I, my <laughs> wife and my wife takes care of my finance. Yeah, yeah. I don't even manage my own I money. Think that's the best thing to do. Yeah, yeah she gets my check. Thing. I pay the mortgage, and then I give her every almost every other penny. I survive every month off like twenty five dollars. That's all I get, and I just live off of that. And it's because money doesn't really mean anything. Money doesn't drive me. Clothes don't drive me. None of that stuff. I actually have a desire for the stuff that I do. Like I actually want to change people's lives. I actually want to. Um, affect youth. I actually want to put on events that uh, that don't result in people getting shot or stabbed, but they result in people having hope. You know what I mean? Yeah. My clothing line, I hope, inspires hope to people. Um, I, like I said, I do the Christian stuff because I believe that God is real. You know what I mean? And right. I want, you know what I mean? I, I want other people to know that God is real. 
So a lot of that that that's my driving force behind so much of what I do that like when I have a tough month and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And money-wise, stuff doesn't really matter to me, you know, because it's not what drives me. If my wife left me tomorrow, like, I would still work just as hard as I was working today. I would still have probably the same schedule because it's allocated in a way where I do as much work as, as I can possibly do without being too stressed out, you know, and keeping time to, like, play basketball and, and stay mellow and stuff like that and hang out with my friends. So that stuff is not based on her. It's not based on my daughter. It's based on me maximizing every second that I have because that's just what I do in my life. Yeah. And so it doesn't, it's not outside motivation. It's just how I motivate. I, I'm just wired that way. And real entrepreneurs are wired. Right. I don't know about creating entrepreneurs. I don't know about entrepreneurs being created by fire and, 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 and lack. That stuff happens too. But real entrepreneurs, I think a lot of them are just born and wired completely different than yeah, other people. I believe so too. Uh, what's, you seem like a pretty stable dude and I kind of dislike you for that uh, <laughs> plus cool. you got everything like you have everything like just so organized <laughs> I like what would you say is with every everything you everything you do and work what's the hardest part about all this is it schedule is it communication friendships no nah, the, uh, the hardest part might be the family aspect so though it's not what drives me it's it's one thing that keeps me the most in check because no matter how much I'm killing it and, you know, me out here in these streets, I'm out here, you know, me yeah, doing right. my thing and people are like, yo, these events are dope or, yo, there goes Mike Mack. He's the one that does all the da-da-da. When I come home, like, my daughter doesn't know none of that crap. And she don't care about any of that stuff. No, no. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? No. She only cares about, like, was I, was, was I nice to her that day? Or did I hug her? Or did I show her enough attention? Was I kind to her? And my wife wants to know, am I spending enough quality time with her? Am I looking her in the eye when I'm talking to her? When I come home, am I on my phone or am I paying attention to her? Those those two are the hardest to please, and those are my two biggest critics in everything that I do. And so they're always going to keep me grounded because no matter what happens, like they're not going to be impressed by any of that stuff. I can come home in a Lamborghini, and my wife would be like, yo, that's dope. Can you do the laundry? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, all that stuff doesn't matter. And so being able to do everything that I do and come home and my wife is still satisfied with me and my, my daughter is still happy with me and like I'm still her favorite person in the world, when I can figure that balance out and I'm still doing that, that's when I know, like, yeah, now I'm killing it. Like, now yeah. what I'm doing is actually working out because they're happy. And if they're not happy, then it's all, you know, if it's really all pointless, it's really against everything that I stand for. Yeah. Did you ever have a point where you, you were like, yeah, I, I think, I, I think I'm, I've, I've had it. I think um, I'm at a place where I'm happy. Or a point where you just, you know, I'll just work now. And, and not do the side stuff? Yeah. Just, just work a nine to five? Yeah. No, <laughs> I can't say I've ever experienced that. No, no, no. That's never. I've never been to a place like that. Because, um, like I said, what I do on the side is what actually fulfills me and actually makes me happy. So, like I'm, I'm you know, I hate to keep saying that I do all this random crap, but I'm also a youth leader at my church. So, like, I'm in charge of the youth department, and so I mentor young kids, you know, on a regular basis, and I do stuff for them at my church, and I, I teach them in Bible study and things like that. And so that stuff is what, like I said, what really satisfies me. Like, that stuff is what fulfills me in life. If I was just doing my job, I would feel so lost. Like, if every day I just came in and, and I took care of BU. Like, BU don't care about me. I don't really care about BU. Like, they, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. And if I left tomorrow, somebody else will replace me in a month. You know what I mean? So that, So my day job is never going to satisfy my heart. My, it satisfies my paycheck. My daughter can go to school for free, so I'm not going nowhere, right. first of all. Yeah, no. My daughter go, yo, if you ain't got a job, you ain't got a stable job environment, go work for a school, send your kids to school for free, be a hustler on the side, make it happen. And so who, everything that I do in, in that sense outside of the office is what actually makes me happy. 
So if I don't have to do my day job, it's because, you know, for some reason I just I'm, I'm a millionaire or whatever by accident because it's not really what I'm seeking. But I mean, that would be the only way that I would stop doing my day job because, like I said, my kids go to school for free. You know, there, I was super stressed out like a week ago. And I talked to my girlfriend about it, and she was trying to give me solutions. And she goes, why don't you just, like, chill and not do, like, the side stuff? Maybe that's what's causing the stress. And I did it. It was the most miserable day of my <laughs> life. Like, I did nothing. And I was, like, productive at my job. Yeah. And people were like, yo, good job. Thanks. I was like, get off of me. Like, that's <laughs> it. I, I couldn't go on, like, a third-party <laughs> website or do anything related to any of the stuff that I had on the side. It was the worst day of my life. I, I just don't. I feel you on that, Loretta's like I can't see myself not looking for an alternative yeah. all the time. Like I just don't understand how people do it. Yeah. And everyone's doing it. That's why I say everybody's wired differently. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you're wired as an entrepreneur. Like you just you you want to live your life doing what it is you want to do or you want to be dominant in something. I mean, the dude that does uh, Virgin Virgin um Atlantic. Yeah. Railway uh, Branson? Branson. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. dude just wants to dominate stuff. He does. Yeah. Zuckerberg wants to eat people's kids. Like he wants to he doesn't want to just be successful. He wants to be dominant. He he turned Instagram into Snapchat because he wants Instagram to eat Snapchat. Like, like he uh, he wants to destroy everyone. Like every every entrepreneur out there, watch out. Mark Zuckerberg's trying to destroy your business too. So there's people who are born and like who are wired because they just want to be completely dominant. It's like a Michael Jordan mentality for business. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm gifted, but at the same time, I want to put in the work so that I can be dominant. I can be the best ever. And everybody when they see me, they're gonna be like, yo, that's that dude who just owns everything. And so doing my job great, like, yeah, I can do my job great. That's awesome. And But everything that I'm doing outside of it is like I'm driven to do that stuff. Like I need to be doing that. Like I need something. Like I play basketball on the side because even when I'm playing basketball, like I want to dunk on somebody. <laughs> like I want to I want to cross somebody up and I want them to fall down because that's just how I built for everything that I do. I played Scrabble with my wife last night at the park. When she pulled out Scrabble, I was like, girl, you know you don't want this business. And I, you know what I did to my wife? She's pregnant. My wife is nine months pregnant. I whooped my wife's tail in Scrabble and then I laughed because that's how we're, I'm wired. I'm wired to go out here and eat everything, eat everyone, and beat everybody at everything I do. And that's just it. What's your, what's your greatest joy? Of all the stuff you had to do, what was the biggest accomplishment from one of your side, from one of your other businesses? I don't even want to say side business. These are your business. No, this is my passion. These this are your babies. This, is, like, this is, you... is the passion. This is what life is like all about. What was the career's caution? You're like, yeah, I'm that dude right now. Uh, like, I've, never, I've never put myself in a position where I've said I'm that dude, even though I attack everything like super aggressively. Like when I beat my wife in Scrabble and I laughed at her, I didn't say like I'm a genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's, it's, it's the mentality, but it's not the braggadocia. Yeah. So like when I'm playing basketball, if, if I do dunk on somebody, I walk away. Like, you know, this is just what I do. Yeah. <laughs> that was my goal in life, but it's just what I do. Like, you're not going to hear me cheer and jump up and down like a, like a cheerleader. No, I'm just going to be like, look, I just dominate because that's just what I do. Right. And so, like, one of the best things for me um, as far as doing events, one time one time I did a concert. I did at this club. Um, everybody in my church tried to talk me out of it. They're like, doing concerts at clubs? Like, oh, my gosh, you're the devil. And so I'm like, wait, I don't think I'm the devil, so I'm still going to do the show anyway. And so I did the show, um, and at the end of the show, I noticed that, like, five or six like young ladies from my church were at the show and they came and they were like yo this is the best like event that we've ever done because it was cool um it was it was casual you know what i mean it was fun and nobody was fighting and nothing like that and at the same time it was like glorifying god and so they had a great time in a christian environment and they've never had that before and so afterwards like i took a picture with all of them and they hugged me and they were happy and like i realized like, i was like yo this is awesome because like this is the goal at the end of the day for me is to give them an environment that they can enjoy um, what I think that God has given us without it having to be ra like ratchet, basically. Yeah. 
Like we go, they go to the club and they know like every time they go to the club, there's gonna be a bunch of boys pushing up on them. Yeah. It's gonna be the floor is gonna be sticky with liquor everywhere. Yeah. And people are gonna be drunk and nasty and throwing up on each other. But when it comes to one of my events, it's like completely different. But at the same time, it's still fun and it's not corny. Right. And so when I got to the point where people realized that the events weren't corny and that it was something that they like really had to get to, that's when I was like, dang, like I'm really like this is really working out. Like I'm real happy about this now. What's your business goal as far as everything else that's going on with your life? Do you want to continue to just run this for as long as you possibly can? Leave it to a place where it runs itself? Like, what, yeah. what, what would be a nice place, a nice little milestone for you to be at with these with the clothing and yeah. the managing events? I mean, I always want to be hands-on. Like, I, I'm, I'm building. My team, is, my team is getting built up in a way where um, almost all of my events are self-sufficient. A lot of times I, I'll, I'll put stuff together and I won't even attend. Like, I do conferences and stuff like that. And um, a lot of times I'll just leave and let them run on their own just yeah. to just to realize, you know, to demonstrate the fact that, like, they're done well. It's only done well if you don't have to be there. And so I would put, like to have my events in a position where, like, I don't have to actually be there. They can be done on their own. They're self-sufficient. But I always want to be a part of it. So I'm usually, like, I host them or I MC, yeah. so I can always be engaged, so I can always be on the ground and really be a part of it. Um, I want my brand to be a worldwide brand. I guess at the end of the day, like, when pe- I want Boston to be, like, a mecca for Christian hip hop culture, like these are the goals that I have. Really, is it's just, and then it's just the gospel. Like I want the whole world to know God. Like I want yeah. the whole world to know that God is real, and that it's not really a question of like whether or not God is real or whether or not Jesus is real or any of that stuff, because history proves that Jesus Jesus Christ was a real person. So it's not really a question of that. It's whether it's a question of whether people are not people want to believe in it or not, and and so that's one of the things I just want to perpetuate to the world, and then I want to change the culture that like to be Christian is to be corny or to be Christian is to be a 95 year old lady like I want to get rid of that you know because yeah. I mean? there's actual people who are who are 18 to 19 years old and they're Christian and they actually like their lives aren't super boring and corny like you know they don't just wear white suits every day and so you're going to be a not evil Diddy yeah I mean yeah really yeah. Diddy's actually my hero. He's one of my heroes. You know what I mean? It was. I, I mean, we we actually bring him up all the time on this. Uh, you have to. But at the same the time, he's amazing. Like they like the, that dude was an intern. You know what I mean? Like that dude was an intern yeah. at a company, and is where he is. You can't knock Diddy, and you man. cannot knock the amount of work that he's put. And Diddy. things do they do they run themselves after a while. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, and he put it. You can't you can't knock it because he put in a lot of work. Yeah. He really did work. His Just in on. all the videos, Diddy bopping. That'd be cool, man. To see that, it'd be cool to see. It'd be cool to watch something you created just grow yeah. into a self-sustaining yeah, yeah. entity. The I know self-sustaining that's model is, is is what it's all about. Perpetual motion. You want to just let the little ball bearing go, and it just clicks and just keeps on going by itself. So, while you're working towards that, what do you think is your per- personally your biggest area of opportunity? As far as I won't call it a weakness, but something you're like you think you can work on. It's worth you can have things even run even more smoothly. Or I mean, some, uh, some area you can address where you're like, boom, I get this down. Uh, so it doesn't sound like you actually have any problems or weaknesses. No. <laughs> it's my, well, first of all, I'm in marketing and sales, right? My, I will tell anybody I'm a salesman. And so whenever I, I talk about myself, it's always going to sound amazing. And I think that any good entrepreneur has the ability, you know what I mean, to kind of make everything sound hunky dory Like you walk out here, you swear I'm about to go hop in my Lambo right yeah, now. You, I'm sound, about to- <laughs> you make everything sound so good, but in a way that I don't dislike you. You know what I mean? Like you're not obnoxious about yeah. it. Like, this is what I do. And I'm like, he does do that. Yeah, yeah, I do. And I mean, I'm only talking about real life. But at the end of the day, like, I'm not trying to big myself up. Like, I don't care about, I don't care about being an impressive person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that happens, if I impress people, that's just, like, it's purely an accident. It's a coincidence. Like, I'm getting out of here, and I'm going to go hop on a train like everybody else. Yeah. You know, I'm going to hop on the bus to go home. I'm going to go see my little sister perform 
at the Museum of Fine Arts. Nice. She's singing. I helped manage her too. Nice. And um, you know, I mean, so I think my biggest weakness, I mean, believe it or not, like still maximizing time. I think at the end of the day, like there's always going to be time. Time is time is the that great resource that there's only so much of. Um, and if I could just figure out how to use every second of every day that um that you yeah, know what I mean that, yeah. that's spare like eventually I'm gonna have to give a Pokemon Go even though I'm killing it right now um I gotta have to, I'm gonna have to give it up you know what yeah. I mean because I need that time yeah. and so I have to have my phone up if I want to hatch my eggs and so I can't I can't <laughs> I can't take notes and I can't you know I can't study if I'm hatching eggs yeah. so eventually I'm gonna have to put Pokemon Go down and you know re re uh, use that time and so you know I mean I don't want to be beating myself against the wall all the time and I'm never gonna be a dude that's like working so hard he's gray and all that stuff. I am starting to lose hair. That's unfortunate, but I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to stress myself out to the point where like (laughs) I'm that dude, but I do want to always maximize my time. I definitely want to be like when it's all said and done and God looks at my life and he's not going to say, you wasted all this time. I want to be like, yeah, you killed it. Like you did as much as you could possibly do. And that's, that's my goal. That was the most inspiring interviews we've ever had. We've done a good amount, too. Like, I'm ready to just go to work. I was going to go home and go to sleep. Like, <laughs> Ain't no time to sleep in the middle of the day. You sleep with I kid. Yo, you know what? You know how I know I'm an entrepreneur? When I take naps, I get headaches. <laughs> I wake up angry. Like, I, I just piss when you go home and I, you don't work. I take stuff. a nap. I wake up angry. Like, I don't even know what it is. It's, I'm wired. Like, I just wake up and I'm like, why did I do that? It was stupid. I'm mad at everybody. Right. Like, it don't yeah. even refresh me. Yeah, there's nothing worse than lost time. Lost, squandered. Things that are squandered yeah. or lost, there's nothing worse than that, especially no. when you could have controlled it on your end. It ain't coming back to you. It's never coming back. Well, you have plenty of time, and it looks like you're going to be huge, like whether you like it or not. Yeah, I don't we're, know. We're going <laughs> to see. We're going to hear the world's going to know who you are, yeah. I feel like. But a drive like that, and especially because it's needed at this point, man. Yeah. Like it's The fact that you're saying Christianity is a counterculture, it's kind of crazy, especially in this country, because it was one of the, I mean, yeah. people didn't want to say that, but it was founded upon that. Yeah. yeah. And because of you know, acts throughout history, it's where we are now. But it is a counterculture, and I think yeah. it nece- we need some kind of balance to come through. Yep. Or else we'll just have people out here. We'll have eight different types of bathrooms, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's, just it's, gonna, about to, it's about to get real complex. Yeah, right it's going to get really different in a way. I don't know if you agree or not agree, but I feel like there's going to be some sort of balance. But the crazy thing with Christianity is like everything else that you can't talk about in life. Like you can't talk about a lot. You can't. You can. You can. You can talk about a lot of stuff. What you can't do is anymore is disagree with anybody. No, you're not allowed to disagree no. with anyone. No, but if you talk about God, everyone is allowed to disagree. Yeah, yeah. And crazy. you know what that means. He has to be real. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody right. would care. Nobody would care. You can you yo, if you're transgender and I say I don't know if I believe in that, people will shoot you. Yeah. If you say, look, man, I don't, you know, I don't I am I'm, I'm vegan, you'd be like, man, you should eat cows. You'd be like, you eat cows, and yeah. they'll stab you in the neck. But if you go out there and say, Look, I believe in God, everybody's allowed to slander you. It's totally okay. Even um, though it's what our country was founded on, all that good stuff, all that stuff is thrown out the window. You can bash Christianity as much as you want. You can't bash anything else. Huh? Well, hopefully you bring that balance, man. I don't, I don't see anything stopping you unless you just stop, you know? Yeah, so that's not happening. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, but to help this train, let's. Where can we? Where can people find you? Where can people find your products? Where can people reach out to you if possible? I want you to put all that out here right now so we can share this with all of our listeners and all of our listeners' listeners. Cool. Um, CB Clothing is my Twitter. Um, Facebook.com forward slash church boy clothing is the Facebook. My website's under construction right now because I'm the web designer. <laughs> so I know that it's not done yet. That's churchboyclothing.com. And um, if you want to email me, churchboyclothing at gmail.com. Yeah, hit me up. I always respond. We can talk. 
we can talk about life. And hopefully by the time this gets out, the website will be up and running. So yeah, what, what's the turnaround time for this? A couple weeks. A couple weeks? Oh, yeah, I want that bet. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so there's a goal. There's a goal. If there's y'all check my website right and there's nothing up, then you know yeah. I'm just I'm just all talk. <laughs> I am all talk. Well, Mike, I, I really appreciate you coming. That was, uh, that was very, very, very inspiring. Uh, very encouraging, too, man. It's, it's good to see. Because, you know, entrepreneurship can get pretty dark at times. Yeah. Uh, it's just good to see someone have a really optimistic view about what, and have a good purpose too. It's not always about money and that's, that's always refreshing to hear. So I appreciate that message and uh, I hope to see you again in the future, man. We'd love to have you back on, man. A couple months or so. Love you guys. I'll definitely, definitely be back, man. Don't, don't put all your hope and everything into money, mainly because Bitcoins are the wave of the future. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So all listeners out there, I'd like to thank you for joining us again. Um, feel free to reach out to us if you would like to moonlightersclub at gmail.com that's our email Uh, Facebook page Moonlighters Club and Twitter at Club Moonlighter but until yeah at Club Moonlighter that's lit yeah 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 yeah. but uh, uh, we'd like to thank you again and we'll see you next time bye